Okay. Okay. Mitzvah Hashem is Bara. This week's Parsha. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Ba'aloischa. The Torah tells us by Parsha's Ba'aloischa that Aaron Akkad is going to go up to the Lake of Menorah. And within that Parsha, six Psukim later, it's a very interesting Mitzvah that seemingly we've already, we've already kind of had to begin with, which is making Shevet Levi a separate entity within Kalal Yisrael. The Pasuk says, You shall take the Levim from among the children of, of Israel, you shall purify them. You should give Hazah, you should give Hazah's Dama, and then Hazah's Mayim. Beautiful thing. Now, it's interesting. I, I, I came across a Medjish when I was going through this, this, uh, this parsha. What they call it, you know, they, they heard the term Marafsa Negra. It just, it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any, when I first read this, this Medjish, Medjish Tanchuma, I like almost had a heart attack. I'm serious. Maybe, maybe high cholesterol, but I think because it was the Medjish. And I'll read to you a little bit of the Medjish to understand, to appreciate like what's going on over here. You know, hopefully you'll understand where I'm coming from. So it says the Medrash. The Medrash says, On the Pasuk of Kachas Levim, you shall take them and separate them from among Klal Yisrael. The Pasuk says, Ein HaKadosh Baruch, it sets down like a rule, almost like a klal, a general, a general klal. Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Malas Adam Hashem will not bring a person up to a place of authority. Because assumingly, Leishev Levi is being brought up to a place of authority, a place of sarara, of responsibility. Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Malas Adam Lesrara. Until Hashem first tests that person and checks their quality first. And he gives them nisiyonis, gives them challenges. Since that person now has been that Hashem will bring them up to a place of authority, a place of responsibility. So seemingly, Medrash is saying that Shevet Levi was brought out, Dafka, to be a separate entity in Klai Yisrael, to have responsibility of taking care and being Shomer, the, the Mishkan, and the Beis HaMikdash, to prepare it, to take care of it is because they obviously passed the Nisayim. And the Medjish tells us, what was that Nisayim? So the Medjish goes on to explain that Klaeser went down to Mitzrayim. Va'av shiftah shalevi, nosnu nafshem al-kiddush shmoi shalakadosh barakul. The Shevet Levi, they gave, they were most nefesh. They were sacrificed for the name of God. Why? How were they sacrificed in Mitzrayim? Shaloi tevat because they didn't actually nullify the Torah and be nullified. I mean, they didn't keep it, they didn't stop keeping the Torah. Because when Klal Yisrael was in Mitzrayim, Ma'asu Batoyer Bamila, Klal Yisrael, the rest of Klal Yisrael, was Ma'us, it became disgusting to them, the, the Torah and Mila. So they didn't, they stopped doing Bris Mila, and they stopped keeping Torah, they stopped learning Torah Fresh Tetzach, but Shevet Levi still held on strong. Aval Shifta Shevet Kulam Sadikim Hayu, their soul, all of them were completely righteous. They kept the Torah, says the Medjish Tanchuma. So you see that in Mitzrayim, the reason why Shevet Levi was Kulam Sadikim is because they were not Mavat the Torah and they still kept the Bris Mila. And furthermore, says the Medjish, and not just that, when Klai Yisrael did the Egel Hazav, Shevet Levi did not join along with the rest of Klai Yisrael in the Egel Hazav. Oh. That Kobane Levi did not include themselves, did not join together with the rest of the Jewish people in serving the Egel Hazar. Amazing. Wow. Beautiful Medrash. Psh. I'm inspired from this Medrash. But I don't understand what word of it. Why? Let's continue reading. The Kevin Shiro HaKadosh Baruch since Hashem saw the Levim, Shehoyu Kulam Sadikim, there's wow. The Nasa Oisam and tested them, the Omdu Benisoyim, and they stood up to the challenge. Hashem brought them up to a place of Sarah. Because again, just to, what we said before, the, the, the Medjah says that Hashem does not give a person responsibility until Hashem first 
gives them a challenge to see whether they stand up to that challenge. Shevet Levi apparently stood up to their challenge and reached the highest level. Wow, and therefore Hashem raised them up to be kachas Israel to have the jobs they have. Why? I don't understand this. Can anybody figure out why I don't understand this? It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> I know it sounds confusing, but it's rhetorical. Because I'll tell you why. If you take a look at, par- at the end of Parsha, at the beginning, I'm sorry, in Parsha Shmois, in the beginning of in, in Sefer Shmois, Parsha Shmois, Parak Hey, Pasuk Dal, the Pasuk says, Go back to your job. Par was speaking, you know, telling Moshe, you have to go back to their work, go back to your, your Shibud. Says Rashi over there, of a Melechus Shibud Mitzrayim. Right? They had to go back to their work, go back to everything that they need to do. But Melech Sheba Mitzrayim, the actual slavery, the actual yoke of slavery, Loi Hoyisal Shiftoi Shalevi. Sheba Levi was not actually subject to the slavery of Mitzrayim. Shari Moshe Aaron, because you see Moshe Aaron constantly going back and forth. They're both from Sheba Levi, so it's clearly they're not, they're not subject to the same rules as everybody else. This is echoed in a few different places. Medrashim say this explicitly, Gemara said it explicitly, that Sheba Levi did not have the Ol Shibud. Now, I, I don't understand this medrash. I don't understand the medrash that we said before. Shevet Levi was, was tested. They had to sign. Why were they tested? Oh, because they were not Mavata the Torah. Because they not Mavata Brismila. I can see the reason why they're not Mavata Brismila and not Mavata the Torah is because they didn't have the Oil Shebud. The rest of Klai Yisrael, they're in a state in a massive where there is literally back-breaking, back-breaking slavery. Tremendously slainous. Children being killed left and right. Of course they're going to be most patar. I mean, can you imagine being in such a situation, being in such a time, being in such a period? It's so easy to do brismila. So simple to do brismila. Brismila knocks you out for how long? Can you imagine? To be most patar? Again, I, 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 we don't, shouldn't do that, but I understand it. But what's the tremendous nisoyim by the Sheva Levi that they were not most patar? They were not even subject to the slavery of Bechlau. That's not question number one. Question number two is, it's funny. When you read the Medjish again, the Medjish adds in almost like as an afterthought. This greatness that Klai Yisrael was not, that the Sheva Levi was not Mavata the Torah, they were not Mavata Mila. Oh, and not just that, but they also didn't do the Egel Hazav. If I would write this Medjish, I mean, it wouldn't be too high quality, but if I wrote the Medjish, I would say the opposite. I would say, you see, the godless, that they were not, that they're Oymir Ben and that's why Sheva Levi is so great, is because they didn't serve together with Klai Yisrael with the Egel Hazav. That would be the reason as to why they're raised up. They, they were tested. Hashem tested their metal to see whether or not they'll. Do they do isurim? And the fact that they didn't serve the Eglazov is the reason why it should be Israel. But the measure doesn't say that. The measure says because since they were not mavatul Torah in Mitzrayim and they were not mavatul Mila, that's the reason. And it happens to be also they didn't serve together with the, I would, with, with the Eglazov. I would say literally be the punkfaker, the total opposite. I would say that no, the fact they were not mishtati in Eglazov is the reason why they were raised in slavery. Oh, wow, it's just a crazy thing. And also when they're in Mitzrayim, they were not subject to the slavery, to the oil of slavery, they also happen to not, to not be mevatel Torah, they're not to be mevatel mila. So this measure, I don't understand. Like I said, I, I had a heart attack when I read this measure. What's going on over here? Rhetorical question. Like what, like, what is going on over here? So I was thinking about this. You know, I'm really trying to be oimed on this idea. Like, what is it that the measure is trying to tell us? The measure is telling us an amazing insight, at least from my understanding, maybe I have a different shot, but my understanding is like this is that really the Medjish is telling us something inherently about the attributes, about the Midah that Shevet Levi had. The Midah that Shevet Levi had was that they weren't bothered to be different. I mean, in, in Mitzrayim, where everybody else was Ma'asubat where everybody else was Mavat Mila, Shevet Levi didn't feel the need to be part of the group, to be part of the, the, the whole public. It's a very strong design that people have. They need to feel 
but they're part of everybody else. They don't want to feel different than anybody else. It's a very tremendous sign that people, if they would really pay attention, a lot of what we do are often what we call peer pressure. Can you imagine Gans Klal Yisrael, the entire nation of Klal Yisrael, is most about Torah, most about Mila, and these one little frumniks, they're still keeping Mila, they're still keeping the Torah. Can you imagine, saying, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? You're old-fashioned. What is it? Stuff is, is a new world today. Can you imagine all this? It already happened in, 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 in Jewish history many times before. When Jews came to America, they were told for the Jews that had came earlier, they said, what is this? This is a new world now. What are you doing? This is a different situation. Don't you understand? Don't you look around? We're in slavery now. Can you just keep the Torah, keep Mila? It's impossible. And people felt uncomfortable. People didn't want to be greeners. You know, so there's a phrase back in America that people that would come to America, they don't want to be like the European greeners. They would change their, their, their Yiddish names or their Hebrew names to American names because they didn't want to feel different. They want to be part of the overall culture. It's a tremendously science. And it's a part of human nature. This is a part of human nature that people love to be with others. They, they feel uncomfortable if they're the only one doing something. There's a famous science, a scientific experiment that somebody did where they, it was later on, it was, I think it was put on a television show many years later in the, in, in the 60s or something, where they would, this person would make an experiment where in an elevator, every, they, he would hire certain people to face the opposite direction in an elevator. And then they would film somebody that obviously didn't know what was going on. You're you familiar with this? He walks into the elevator. He walks in. Everybody's turned the, the total, the total of wrong, wrong direction. He comes in and he's been like in every other elevator. You walk in and you turn your, you turn your face towards the door that you came in from. But he stands in there and he's looking at everybody else facing the wrong direction. He's, and he's facing the right direction. He's like, and you see like the internal conflict going on. I'm like, wait, I know what's true, but they, they're doing something different. And internally people feel like, oh, if other people are doing it, it must be that there's truth there. There's some element of truth that in Hashgaf and Tarashgaf also, all right? Someone's parishment at Sibor and Habba, someone who separates himself from the community. But this is a little bit different. This is social pressure. And you'd see the person slowly turn their body around to face the exact wrong directions of everybody else. And when the doors open, everybody, then everybody turns their body and goes out the regular way. And you see the internal conflict that people have, which is they can't stand being different. So when Sheva Levi worked for how many years? The entire Zman of Sheba Mitzrayim. They worked on this midah of not caring to be different, of not worrying to be different, of not caring to be mishtatim. When, when I mean different, I don't mean among your peer, among your peer group. I mean among the general society, the overall society around you. That they stopped caring about that. They worked on that midah of, I don't care, I'm, I have my own chashbonis, I know what's MS, and I don't care what, what anybody else does. Mamela, so oh, we, had, we had a second question, which was, why does the medrash not bring the fact that they were not included in the Egel they didn't join in with the Egel Hazav as the very proof that they were tested. Because the answer is Pasha now. Because since they worked on that Midah already in Mitzrayim, it was a natural outgrowth that the, of course they didn't, shoot, they didn't join together with Egel Hazav because they had already worked on that Midah beforehand. I mean, it, that wasn't the showcasing of it. The real showcasing of it was for 210 years of Mitzrayim not be Mishtatev. Later on, of course they're not going to be also Mishtatev in the Egel Hazav. I mean, the Medrash, to me, at least sounds... Beautiful now. I mean, again, from my hashara, from my understanding, it's beautiful. But I want to go, want to take it one step farther, right? One step farther. The Rambam says, the famous, famous Rambam, very famous Rambam, at the end of Hilchel Shmita Vayoyvel, right? We saw a little bit earlier on in the in Marmakoyim's today, but I wanted to, to bring out a separate Nakuda in the Rambam. The Rambam, at the end of Shmita Vayoyvel, talks about the concept of having Chalakim Achelik in Eretz Yisrael. Among that also is, is that if you, have, if you have a chilek in Eretz Yisrael, that means you also go to war. Sheva Levi is exempt from going to war. Why? Because they don't have a chilek. They're not shaykh to the biza. They don't have any relationship to the spoils of war. They don't get the spoils. So therefore, they don't also go to war. It's interesting around them. 
they're not, they don't go to war. They don't go to war. Maybe a few chasen, but Shevet Levi is not included. They're exempt. Maybe it could be Mishnatif Bereshos, but even Lechoyra. I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn. But the Rambam says something amazing over here. Famous, famous Rambam. The Rambam says, and by the way, this Rambam is used to justify the concept of the Koyal lifestyle, of someone deciding to want to sit and learn rather than being involved in the workforce, being involved in the day-to-day, daily grind of the whole world. This, they point to this Rambam and say, that, why are you allowed to do that? Because the Rambam says it explicitly. Says the Rambam, Shevet Levi, they're not involved in the day-to-day activities, they don't go to war, they're not involved in, in, the, in the daily, day-to-day affairs of the world. Veloi Shevet Levi Bilvad. But this does not just apply to Shevet Levi. Ella, it applies ish ve'ish, mikol bala ha'olam. Anybody that comes into this world, every single individual is shayich, is, has, somehow, has some relatability to the concept of a Shevet Levi as well. Why? Because someone who's not veruchai, someone who their spirit inspires them, to separate themselves. They internally feel the feeling that I need to separate myself from the day-to-day activities of commerce and of the business news and this and the day-to-day politics. And instead they decide, I want to serve Hashem. Hashem. To serve HaKadosh Baruch Hashem. To know Hashem. To go in the straight path. He then this person through his inspiration is parik. He throws off of himself the oil, the yoke of the chashboynas harabim, of the general culture, of the general world. We don't care what anybody else does. This is the concept of Shevet Levi. So it's interesting. I mean, Shevet Levi is a, it's like saying, I want to be a kohen. I'm going to start dochening. I'm not shy to that because a kohen is a specific lineage comes from a specific family, and I can't have any shy, because I'm Israel, as far as I know I'm Israel, and therefore I cannot relate to a, I cannot enter into that type of family. So it makes sense why I can't be involved. But says the Rambam, there's something inherently universal about the concept, there's something that's shy to the cloud within the concept of Shevet Levi. Based off everything we said, it makes a lot of sense now. Because the internal attribute of Shevet Levi is something which anybody can hop onto. It's something that anybody universally can hop onto. It's that you can, you can say, hey, I don't want to be involved on in a day-to-day basis. I don't care what goes on in the world. I don't care if there's a war in Ukraine. Not because I don't care emotionally, but that's not my problem. It's not, this, it's not what decides my day-to-day activity. That's not what defines my life. If there's a war in Ukraine, if there's a war in Spain, I, it doesn't matter to me. I'm sitting and learning Torah. I'm with HaKadosh Baruch the, This what we call it, the bourgeoisie um, uh, um, uh, race for money, right? To be part at least of the, the lower upper middle class. You know, because you never really fully be rich. You at least make enough that the system keeps you. Uh, you, live, you pay your you pay your your month to month bill, and you at least they keep you working here. You call it a, a wage slave. You're just continually part of the system, part of the process, right? I'm talking like a communist now, but the truth is, yeah, which is that we're trying not to be involved in the day to day grind that grinds us down. Literally, that's why it's called the grind. It grinds you down. It takes away. That's the kaitzer ruach, the kaitzer of Mitzrayim, the constant work, work, work that you're not thinking about anything spiritual. But a person says no. I want to live my life on a spiritual level. I want to see the world through that prism of Torah, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, L'edasis Hashem, L'hoylech Yasher. That's Sheva Levi. And that is Shaykh to every single person here. Everybody can make that decision. Should you, should you not? It's a, all the practical you know, questions that a person needs to ask himself with, in, in consonance and in, in consultation with their Rebbe and with their family and everything like that. That's for sure true. But a person who at least has that Nod who has that inspiration, say, I want to live that type of life. But what's important is it needs to be a decision. You can't teeter. You can't teeter around. It's like, 
sometimes, unfortunately, it becomes the system. When that becomes a system that you just choose to do that because everyone else is doing it, you've lost the entire concept of what it really means. But that's the aside. The aside is when a person makes that decision and they have made that ultimate choice to be that, to be above and beyond, to be parik, cheshbonas harabim from a person. That's gewalding. That's what you can really, really hop onto. That you can really grab onto and to really become part of. V'loi shevet levi bilvad. El ko echad v'echad. To take these inyanim of Shevet Levi, the attributes of Shevet Levi, that's shaykh to every single person. And that's an Isayan, to be different, not to be nervous to be different, not to be scared to be different, and to actually own your difference. Good Shabbos.